Welcome back to NALP's Young Professionals Network podcast, Growing in the Green Industry. Today's podcast is powered by our YPN network partner, Steel. Steel makes a full line of gasoline and battery-powered outdoor power equipment for the demanding landscape professional. Find yours at steelusa.com. We have Team NALP taking over hosting duties today. I'm Jen Myers, and joining me is Lisa Stryker. How are you doing today, Lisa? Hey, I'm good. Hey, Jen. Hey, uh, Young Professionals audience. Glad to be here. (laughs) We're so happy to have you, and we're really excited for our guest today. This is someone that you and I both know well, and looking forward to diving in today and getting to know him better. Lisa, do you mind introducing our guest? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Brian Horn's been reporting on the green industry since 2010 when he joined Lawn and Landscape magazine. As an associate editor, he moved into the managing editor role in 2014 before being named editor in 2017. He's responsible for the editorial direction of the magazine and digital components and um, communicates on a regular basis with industry professionals across North America to stay in tune with the trends in the market. He's also heavily involved with the London Landscape Technology Conference, which has a focus on how green industry professionals can effectively use software and technology to grow their business. He started his writing career at Sun Newspapers, a weekly publication covering the Cleveland suburbs, where he stayed for two years before joining the Sandusky Register, a daily newspaper located between Toledo and Cleveland. From there, he wrote for Smart Business Magazine, where he interviewed top executives from companies like Men's Warehouse and The Melting Pot and many other successful organizations. He's a graduate of Bowling Green State University with a journalism degree, and he's a friend of NALP, friend of the industry, and we're excited to uh, have Brian here today with us. So anything that I missed, Brian? Nope, nope. You hit hit all the main points. So... You know, I, for me, someone who spent my entire career in the industry um, and, you know, no doubts in my mind how I got here, or why I've stayed all these years, it's always interesting for me to hear from folks that could have chosen any industry um, to work in. Um, someone like your background, Brian, or Lisa with your background. So, you know, we know when you came to Lawn and Landscape and your kind of um, progression there, but I really would love to hear more about why you stayed in the industry and why you've chosen this path. Well, thanks for first. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, the the one thing. So coming from daily newspapers and weekly newspapers, you deal with a lot of angry people. Um, covering city council and school board meetings, um, I can't imagine what it's like now. But um, just you know, people are very angry, and, and for some, for for whatever reason. And when I got into this industry, uh, what most I want to say caught me off guard, but I enjoy the most is that everyone's willing to help each other. Even if it's the company down the street, um, there is—I um, don't want to use the word passion—but the, everyone see each, sees each other as colleagues. Almost, I would say, like ninety-five percent of the people I interact with over the ten years, eleven years I've been doing this, is that they'll give a piece of advice to anyone in, in this industry because they view it as if I help the person down the street improve. That's going to make the industry better. That's going to make me better. And it's going to make customers and people who don't view this industry as a career, they're going to view it as a career and they're going to view it as a professional service. So that's one thing you don't really see a lot. And I've talked to, uh, you know, editors and people who have covered other industries and they're amazed that you can go to an, uh, an event and have seven people sit around a table, all could be competitors and they're 
acting like they're best friends. So I, I know that's not the case all the time, but from my interactions with this industry, um, that's been pretty consistent. Yeah, I love hearing that. I mean, I don't know any different. Right. <laughs> that's just how all industries are. So mm -hmm. it's always interesting to hear these perspectives um, and hear that it's not. And, you know, whenever we survey young people or, or kind of mid-career, even those getting ready to retire, and we say, why do you stick in the industry? We almost always hear it's the people. Right. And I'm sure, you know, the landscapers are standing because they love working outside. They don't want to sit at a desk all day. Um, but it's just... Uh, and maybe it's because that you start at such a young age doing this and it's maybe it's all you, like you said, it's all you did know. So you really do love it. You've been doing it as a kid. So clearly you did it to make a few bucks and you stuck with it and found out you can make even more money. Um, so that, yeah, I just, I just think um, the people in this industry are more than willing to talk to me, um, more than willing to talk to each other, more, you know, join an association, stuff like that. So it really is um, a genuine uh, industry to be in. Lisa, do you, yeah. have you found similar? Well, that, that for sure. I love the people I've worked with lots of other associations and this is by far, uh, the best group of, uh, people I've ever worked with, but I love the outdoors. I have passion for the outdoors anyway. So if you're going to work in an industry, work in an association, work in marketing, if you can work in a topic that's fun and exciting, that's just an extra win. Plus, I love the entrepreneurial spirit that you find in this industry that's different from a lot of others. So a lot of creative people, people building their businesses, but also the commitment I've seen really in the last 10 years to such strong company cultures and such building such great workplaces and celebrating people's employees, I think is really inspiring. I'll add the, the size of the industry keeps it very interesting. Um, you know, when I got hired, I, th I think I can name two mower manufacturers and now you can name 20 and you don't realize the many verticals and tree care that they do and irrigation and the depths of like, you can write a story on company culture. When people ask me, well, you write for a landscaping magazine like you're an editor, like what, how do you, how do you fill the magazine every month? I go, it's actually pretty easy. Um, stories come out of everywhere. There's so many different aspects to, you know, interviewing a contractor about how they manage their zero turn mower fleet to uh, interviewing someone, how they made a career ladder at their, at their company. There's this, it's a very deep industry to cover. Um, and it, it with, it just keeps growing. And obviously during COVID, you know, things got, you know, well, I will say better, but the, the industry did really well during it and proved that it could, could survive during something like this. Yeah, I think it's a hot industry too, which is so fun to be in. And, you know, something on the uprise where client demand is so high, but then you have private equity, mergers and acquisitions. You have people from outside the industry wanting to come in and develop technology for the industry. So I think it's a really exciting time too. Yeah, the private equity on both the landscaping side and the supplier side with software companies getting private equity money and then it going into to landscaping companies as well. You know, they, they don't invest in industries that aren't making money. So clearly the, this, this industry is on the right tra trajectory, easy for me to say. <laughs> you know, in your um, bio, we heard about, you know, part of your role is kind of keeping your finger on the pulse of what's happening in the industry, right? So, and you, you know, you mentioned just now that, you know, folks will say, well, how do you, you know, fill a magazine every month? And you say, well, it's kind of easy. So it'd be interesting for you know, our listeners that maybe don't have a lot of knowledge or background around this to learn, you know, kind of how that process works and, you know, how, you know, important those relationships are that you have in the industry so that you can do just what I've described. 
Well, fortunately, Lonely Landscape, you know, has a brand that's been a long, around for a long time. It'll, it was around before me. It'll be around after me. So it, it's, it's helpful that people will come to you with stories um, because of the brand. Um, it's been around since 1980. Uh, so definitely had some staying power. But aside from people coming to you, it's going to events and meeting people. It's just checking in with other landscapers saying, hey, do you know anyone who does this? And they can give you three or four names. Or it's going to some of our columnists who are consultants and they work with tons of companies. We have Bruce Wilson of the Harvest Group and Jim Houston, who are our three main columnists. And they're always you know, saying, hey, we, we have a client that's doing this. And that helps. Um, anytime you send a survey out, we always ask, what's your story? You know, If you want to be contacted for a story, give us some background on your company. And a lot of the times people don't think they have anything interesting to say. And actually they do, because in this industry, if you're running a company the right way, there's so many other people just getting started or who, who have been established and are missing something. And you, you write a story on it and they're able to read it and it fills in a hole in, in their company. So, um, and then, you know, we do have an edit calendar that we go off of every month. Um, of topics, more of like technical topics we're going to cover, like zero turn mowers, uh, irrigation rotors, and, and Wi-Fi, stuff like that. So that's a, a monthly thing, and we try to write around those topics to make sure that we are doing the, the nuts and bolts co uh, coverage along with the more feature type stories and profiles. Yeah, so we, you know, picked up... Um... We've been working together on the Women in Landscape Network um, column, bi-monthly column, um, which is excellent. And, and what you just described has been happening as I've been reaching out to, uh, to different women to contribute is they'll sometimes say, well, I don't have anything interesting right. to share. Or, you know, no one's going to learn from me. I'm not an expert. And it's so interesting to me because it's women that have been in the industry in some cases 20 or 30 years that I know have something to share. But there's that, you know, self-doubt. Could it be me? Right. Um, so working through that with them. Um, so, you know, I'd love to hear more about how you work to ensure that you have good diversity and, in, you know, inclusion throughout, you know, the magazine each month from, and, you know, not just with gender, but with, you know, age and race, ethnicity, backgrounds, experiences, you know, working to ensure that, you know, that is happening. Um, and writing a column is hard. I, it's, Right, you can interview someone and it's easy to put those pieces together, but we have to sit down and like, do people really care what I have to say? Like, and you have to put 300 to 400 words down. That's not a lot, but it's, it's hard to come up with that sometimes. Um, and as far as diversity, yeah, the women in landscaping is great. Um, hopefully we'll, we'll get to do it monthly eventually. Um, I think it's, in, we, I think we could do a better job at, at doing, having a, a diverse um, sources and things like that. Sometimes it's hard to find people of different backgrounds. Um, we try to, you know, have minorities and women on the cover, especially. Um, but you know, so me as being a white male, how I don't want to just have diversity for the sake of like, oh, I'm a woman in landscaping, write a story about me. It's like, well, no, I, th I think we're beyond that, aren't we? that you're a woman in landscaping who is doing something well. So let's talk about that. I don't really, I think there is a place to talk about, well, here's what it's like being a woman in landscaping. And I, sometimes I read those stories and it's like, you could say, you could use these things for almost anyone in, in this industry. Um, but I think, uh, I'd like to think that we can get beyond just saying, hey, here's what it's like to be a woman in landscaping. Um, 
all the time. I think let's talk about some of the things you're doing, some of the initiatives you're doing at your company. How are you recruiting women into your company? Um, and it, and I, I think it was at the workforce development, someone brought up, you know, where do women go to the bathroom? And it's like, I would have never thought about that in the field. You know, it's just not something that would have crossed my mind. I said, wow, that's, or the way shirts fit. Like you, you, you buy uniforms for a landscaping company, you see how men wear them. It's like, you don't think, you mean a polo shirt to polo shirt, right? Um, and actually our, some of our female sales and editors, when we go to trade shows, we buy the lawn and landscape polos. And I think it was a few years ago, someone said, these aren't for women. Like these aren't comfortable for us. So can we get in? It's like, oh, they didn't even know there was a female version of this. So it's stuff like that where once you put it, and maybe that's, there is value in just having diversity just to have it because it makes you aware of things you weren't aware of. And it does open your mind to some things that just like the going to the bathroom thing. I was just completely took me off guard. Yeah, it, it's so interesting to hear you say that because when we talked about forming this column. The goal wasn't, it's not just women writing about women's things. It's women leaders sharing good information for the industry, regardless of gender, right? Right. It's, you have that, you know, different perspective because it's coming from a woman, right? And, you know, it's, I agree with, you know, with what you said about, and I think, you know, Lisa will speak to this too. It's not just having that representation. It's just being aware um, and cognizant of trying to make sure that we're including everybody who needs and wants to be included. And, you know, like you said, with the shirts and the restroom, just being aware that those are a thing, right? right? Just thinking of making sure when you're operating that you're not just looking through your eyes, but any person in the industry's eyes and how that would impact them. And that's just such a powerful, it's just a mindset change, right? Right. And that's just such a, a powerful thing to be able to do. And from our, from my standpoint, what Lawn and Landscape can do as a magazine is to have minorities and women see themselves in our magazine and because people, you know, gravitate to their cultures. So you can see a black person or a woman or a Hispanic person, they're on the cover you know, that's just like me, you know, when I was a, when I was growing up, my favorite basketball player was Mark Price. He was a six foot white guy because that's, if I was ever going to play in the NBA, that's who I was going to be. So it is very important to put a spotlight on different um, diversities. So younger generations say, Hey, there is a spot for me in this industry. And there is a leadership spot more importantly in this industry. So let's, let's transition to talking about technology. So, um, so Lawn and Landscape has been hosting your technology. Is this going, is this a third year? Second year. Second year, second year. Mm -hmm. So you want to maybe talk a little bit about that and kind of how that started and kind of where you see that going and um, yes. how that's been received, that type of thing. So it's the second year we're doing it. We're doing it. Uh, it was originally the first year was in February because of COVID. We pushed it back to August this year. Um, August 31st to September 2nd in Orlando. The concept behind the conference was just over the, the past four or five years, we kept hearing more and more about technology doubling up with, I can't find labor. And so they go together. Technology will replace labor that isn't there. It's not replacing labor that's there. It's replacing labor that isn't there. So you, you're able to do this. And we wanted to put like-minded people in one place because Chief technology officers are a bit like unicorns in this industry. It's becoming more popular and it's becoming more of a dedicated position. Um, whereas in past years, you have you know, maybe a marketing person who's dabbling in your software or trying to implement your software, or maybe like a operations manager. 
is trying to roll that software out. So we just felt like you could take people from across the country who have this interest in technology, specifically for landscaping companies, since there is so much of it, and get them in a room. All the education is done by contractors who have successfully implemented some type of technology. It's a lot of it's software driven, but different types of software. Is it design software? Is it customer relations uh, management software? And then you do have sort of like robotic mowers and drones and using high-tech cameras. Um, One thing that always amazes me is landscapers don't take enough photos of the nice work they do. We'll interview companies and we'll say, hey, do you have any photos of jobs you don't know? What what do you mean? And they take one. It's like, why aren't you taking more (laughs) photos of your, your work? So that was sort of the genesis behind the conference was just getting uh, the education to be specifically about software and technology and then getting networking amongst everyone to have that it's a similar topic and interest that is becoming more popular, but I still think is a niche in this in this industry. What do you think is the biggest um, trend this year? What's trending that maybe is picked up from last year in terms of topics or you know, focuses for the conference? Is anything, is it robotics or is anything a little bit more of a buzz this year? The um, growth and progress that robotic mowers in a commercial sort of riding mower sense, um, when you think of robotic mowers, you think of the little little guys on a residential lawn sort of doing their thing. Now they're, they're growing that um, technology where you can either add on kits that make mowers um, commercial mowers that could do commercial properties. Um, they are used on, uh, on highways. Sometimes it, that's where they have been uh, tested out sometimes. But now it's getting to a point where that technology is going to keep uh, getting better and better and better. And you're going to have just robotic commercial mowers. There's a couple of companies out there doing it now. Um, I think both are going to be exhibiting at the show. Um, so that's, that's a big thing because, again, when you can't find labor to mow the lawns, uh, if you could find the mower to do it itself, then you're going to invest in that. I don't know the cost for these things. I'm sure it's, it's high and I'm sure it'll go down as like anything that becomes more popular, but that seems to be the big trend. And then the other trend is just more company owners. It's, it's still lagging a little bit, but they don't see it as a cost to invest in technology and software. It's an investment. And I think that might be a sales way to spin it, but it is true. Any, and anything we buy as consumer, you can't look at it as a cost. It's, it's an investment on making your life easier, whether it's personal or professional. So I think that is changing a little bit. And I don't know if that's because younger generations are coming in, either owning a company or are becoming managers in companies and sort of, you know, the stereotype of dragging the old, old fogey owner to the, the show and saying, hey, you know, look, buy this. It's, it'll help our company. So I think that is turning a little bit. Um, we did our August cover story is on battery powered equipment and how that is growing. And we did, we do a technology report every year. And I, two years ago, we asked, have you used battery powered equipment? And it was 15% said, or it was 25% said they had. And that number is now 41. I have to do a check that, but I'm pretty sure it was, 25 to 41, which I think is significant growth in a year. So um, the more that is becoming invested in, and it's it, it's maybe not as powerful as gas, um, but it still can do the job 
for some people and the noise with noise regulations popping up here and there of cities trying to ban when you can use lawn equipment. If you can develop something that's quiet and powerful, contractors are gonna invest in it. Yeah, it's interesting to hear, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times that technology being embraced because we have a workforce shortage. And we've always had a workforce shortage, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's, um, you know, more so than ever now. And it's interesting, I sat on this panel with the uh, Association of Workforce Boards um, last summer with a, a lot of other industries, mostly other trades. Um, so plumbing, electrical, you know, that type of thing. And we did, we talked about this and embracing technology and they all were, you know, kind of anti wanting that to happen because people saw it as, you know, as people, the positions are going to be eliminated. And right. I said, we have the opposite We're <laughs> all over because it's, well, right. It's exactly what we've just said. And they just, their minds were blown. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, you know, it was, it was good and interesting to have that perspective, but, you know, we talk a lot about how it's, you know, it's the work that it can do. I mean, no one's going to lose their job, right? right? You know, if anything, you're going to be able to take on more um, responsibility, kind of a higher level position with wage increases and everything else, because the the robots can come in and kind of do that, you know, right. base level um, type of work. Yeah, absolutely. That you can think bigger picture stuff or do uh, more important management things. You should have told those people that, hey, if technology is replacing labor, send them on over. You know, we'll, we'll take them. Yes, we will gladly take them. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to hear more about, you know, kind of the, the types of um, folks that come to your technology conference, like the size of companies and experience and that type of thing. I'm guessing it's kind of like a mixed bag, but it'd be interesting. It is. That. Yeah, I think um, I haven't looked at, you know, the, the revenue numbers or size of employee numbers, but it, it does seem to be a lot of the bigger companies, 1 million and over, um, and sort of uh, owners and back office people who are dealing with the software. Um, like I said, the, the chief technology officers, we have a panel on the last day of uh, with three uh, or four, actually, tech, technology officers, IT people. And uh, um, what I, I think, I don't know if I stole this term or I made it myself, but software champions, uh, people who they're the ones when you invest in the software, you say you're the one who's going to install it, roll it out. You're going to be the point person for most everything. Um, I think those people attend. So it is, you know, it is a wide range, but like I said, it's, uh, it's the like-minded people, the people interested in technology. And I think those are going to be the people with budgets, not to say if you're un under a million, you shouldn't be investing in software, but it's going to be more common with the bigger uh, company that you are. Yeah. Yeah. We, it's, it's interesting on our women in landscape network, Facebook group, um, which we have over a thousand men and women, anyone's welcome to join in that group, but technology comes up a lot. Right. Um, in the posts. And it's interesting because it, it tends to be a lot, I think, smaller companies or folks are saying, we're just diving into this, or I'm new to the industry. And, you know, just like we've talked before, you know, everyone in our industry is willing to share and, you know, kind of throw right. out. But it's interesting too, because you get all these different perspectives, because someone will say, well, it's just, it's just me and this one other person, we use this. And they'll say, well, I use that before, but now I've moved to this. If you're th this mm -hmm. size company, you should use this. So it seems like not only there are a lot of options, but there's a lot of options um, even within the options, right? right. Depending and that's, on your size of company. And that's one thing when I ha have people, um, when I book them for education for this, I, I, my statement to them is it's always about the process, not the product. I want you to talk about 
what your process was, no matter if you use Aspire or LMN or Service Autopilot. You can mention them, but you know, don't, don't overdo it um, because you don't want people to tune out. And what they all come back and say is, hey, listen, this software works for me. It might not work for you. You might have different services. You might be a different size. Um, you know, we're on our fourth software. The first three were okay, but it just wasn't a fit for us. Um, but this fourth one does. And like you said, there, there are different things and everyone, every company is different. And those softwares all have different use, ease of use. Um, I, you know, person A might find one software easy to use, person B might find the other software easy to use. So it's great that we have so many options today. And I think it's only going to get bigger and better. So is it, is technology also a, a primary focus for the magazine each month? Yeah, we do. We did add that in our edit calendar actually a few years ago to, to do uh, coverage. Um, I try not to overdo it because we have a technology report in June. We did an August story on um, uh, the battery powered equipment. So it's something we do have to cover every month, just talking to contractors and sometimes talking to the actual manufacturers of the company, like what's new from the contractor side. It's usually more of how did you install it? How did you get people on board? Um, sometimes people will say, you know, you, you tried, I shouldn't say they get, they don't fire people because they were buying into the software. I'm sure it does happen because most of them sort of come along when they see how it makes their job easier. You don't have to fill out paperwork and try to read other people's writing. And for someone who has terrible handwriting like me, I could imagine it. So, um, we do try to cover technology every month, um, We've done a few virtual events around it. We did one, or I moderated one on robotic mowing. I don't remember, it was a few months ago and they're always well attended. And so that's when you know, like, and that was one of the other reasons we started the conference is because anytime we would do a podcast or do a story or a virtual event, those numbers were always higher. So it's like, oh, there's people are very curious about this. We need to do something. So um, what happens next, who knows? I don't, it's, crazy to think like what what's going to be next in this industry you think that software is not every every industry has software but there's specific green industry landscaping software that i hope people know about and are investing in yeah well that that was going to be my next question is ask you to <laughs> predict the future oh <laughs> what's going to happen <laughs> oh i think uh, like i said i think the robotic mowing thing is, is something to keep an eye on um i remember just going to different talking to different people uh, seven or eight years ago and they kept saying oh it's right around the corner it's right around the corner well no it wasn't and i still don't think it's right around the corner i th still think it does have a, a bit of ways to go um but i think that will be a huge development once that gets going and seeing how it works in this country i know in europe it's more common over there but with the size of yards in, in this, in our country, in, in America, um, is it going to catch on? Uh, will people want to pay? Will the price point be good? Um, so I think that's, that's what I would keep an eye on for sure. And back to the battery powered equipment, how is that going to evolve? Uh, one thing in, I think it was the story in August, was um, the equipment is lighter, which was an attraction to women because if, if, if it's not as heavy, you're going to be able to have more women on cruise. And in fact, I think it was that story. One of the companies had like the people in the office come out and use it who don't work with the equipment every day. And like, man, this is really light. So again, that's, I think that's something to keep on is how the equipment will evolve to make 
either people more attracted to the industry or to replace the labor that isn't there. Yeah, yeah, the labor equipment and even, you know, the, the accommodations, right? Like different straps that you can get right. on the equipment that make it easier to carry and, you know, that mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, it's really interesting, it, you know, robotics, I always, it always um, amazes me when someone not from industry, you know, like a friend or family member actually knows about robotic mowers, right? Because right. if you're in industry, you know all about it. And they say, well, how's it work? I'm like, well, you know, like a Roomba, but it's outside, it's kind of mm -hmm. grass. Um, but I'm starting to have people at, you know, people not in industry ask about it. Um, and then we are starting to, um, we actually just brought it into NCLC. So yeah, I know you're familiar with NCLC. Yeah. So um, we added back and for this year, for the first time, had a workshop uh, related to robotics. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have a, an event that this will, this spring will be the second year that we have the event and it's called Robotics in Landscape Design and Maintenance. So okay. it's, you know, not just the maintenance part of what it's doing, but how do you, how will design change and continue to change uh, based on robotics? Like, so making sure when you're designing a, a turf area that there's no, um, that there's always a pathway for the mower to get to the different parts of the right. lawn and not having, you know, barriers to that. And, and it's interesting too, because what you said about Europe, I mean, I want to say something like in the 15 to 25 year range or something that this, they've had, you know, robotics and you're like a mind blowing Number, right, right? Mm -hmm. and now it's coming over here and but it's it's you know we can track you know we see with our workshops and events what that interest looks like with the, this young generation and um green roofs have always been big and it's different too yeah. um, right mm -hmm. and we'll see more and more of that and more cities requiring that for for buildings and then you know robotics you know just mm -hmm. seeing this take off and you know we actually worked with several faculty members to develop that event um, and then there's a lot of manufacturers that are working with the universities and colleges to have them demo the uh, the equipment for them, right? And have it as part of their you know horticulture garden or their arboretum on campus. And uh, my friend Scott, who runs the Han Horticulture Garden at Virginia Tech, which is my alma mater, um, he always jokes that you know that the app that's tied to the the mower that they have will let them know if they're stuck or there's an issue right. or whatever. And he lives mm -hmm. about 20 miles from campus, and he always says it'll it'll run fine during the week. And then inevitably sometimes Saturday morning it gets stuck and he gets the text and says, yeah. help, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. Right. <laughs> and, go and it fix it. But you know, you think it's not just the students studying horticulture and landscape seeing it at Virginia Tech, but their, their gardens are right on the main drag, right? Okay. So any person even walking on campus is seeing this, this mower. Yeah. And, and I the question that I don't, we don't get as much as like, well, because someone can steal it. They can just pick it up and take it. It's like no, they they have GPS in them now, and I think they even shut off. You can't use them yeah. once they're out of the the area. They yeah. they won't be able to be used. So I think and that it, and that that was a hurdle a few years ago. They they got passed. Yeah, yeah, and 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 a um ear piercing <laughs> alarm. <laughs> yes. Oh, do they have alarms too? Yes. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if all of them do. I know that some do, and uh, so yeah. But it got, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Put it right back down and run. Right down now, and run away. Is that going to be a just an educational course at the NCLC, or are you going to have like a competition? Like, yeah, you have the hardscaping. We have both. We have a okay. we have a workshop or educational session for it, and then we have a competitive event as well. Okay. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It's great, and um, it you know it's it's hard. You know, we have so many events there, and and uh, anytime you add something new, it has to be something that can stand on its own. Right. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be competing with any existing events. It has to be something that's relevant, timely, and it's going to have some legs. 
And we had not added an event in quite some time. And this event just, you know, made sense. Right. And I think to be touching those young people while they're, they're still in school and getting them introduced to this. And um, it's just gonna, you know, it's great for them to prepare them, but it also gives us right a little credibility, right? We know this yeah. is tough. We know it's important, and here's what you need to be learning. And you know, we try to stay on top of that. Um, and it in those the workshops, anyone really can come to, right? You know, it's right. designed for the students and faculty. But we often um, have industry that will kind of pop their heads in, or you know, if we have you know trade press um, attending, that people sit in on them. And mm-hmm. and again, it goes back to what we said earlier that our industry is so willing to share. Mm-hmm. Right, that they're willing to share this knowledge, knowing that you know really anyone can stop in and and hear. But yeah, it's really exciting, um, and we're excited to see that event grow. And it's it's up to two students per school, so you know in a good year we could have upwards of a hundred students competing in that event. And that fits the sort of the energy of that event with all that that youthful energy there um, and, and new and exciting. So that'll be fun to see. I always feel old going to that event now. I'm I, I'm 41. I'm like, man, these kids are in college. Geez. So I've got two are my assistant editor and associate editor. They're in their 20s. So I'm like, you guys go. You guys, you guys can go and fit right in. Well, I always feel very young at that event. And for the record, I'm older than you. <laughs> Um, but I went to that event as a student in 99. Right. And so when going to that event, I feel like I'm just transported back to that time. Right. And there's so many people that go to that. One of my favorite stories is Mike Bogan um, from Landcare. He went to the event when he was in college in Mississippi State and he went to like the eighth ever. <laughs> Something <laughs> wow. like that. He'll kill me if I'm wrong, Um, but it's something like that. And, you know, just so many people that go to that went to it as students or have gone to it for a long time. And it's, it is, I think if you went into student, you go back and like, oh, this is part of the reason I'm in this industry is because I went to this event and you just get like reinvigorated. um, Yeah. It's a a yearly, it's a yearly reunion for you. That's right. Yeah. Catching up. Yes. Yes. I know. Sometimes I get there and I'm thinking I'm getting paid to hang out with (laughs) hundreds of my friends. Like this is a pretty good gig. That's what keeps you in the industry. See, that's right. That's (laughs) that's it. You figured it out. I did. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about the um, presentation you're doing at, um, at landscapes with our friend, Chris um, from Corona tools. We work with him a lot on NCLC. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, like to hear a little bit about you know your session kind of set that up for us and maybe give us a little sneak peek not too much you know we want people to come and hear sure. more um in person but would love to hear about that yeah um so we do it's called grow the market um and it's basically we serve it we would use the third-party service to survey um homeowners uh and property it was just residential for this one basically what's your perception of the land the landscaping and lawn care industry um and uh why do you buy, like what, what makes you want to pay for someone to maintain your yard? And so um, some of the findings and uh, thanks Corona it sponsored it, sponsored uh, the Grow the Market. And it's actually Chris's idea. He's like, hey, why don't we do something at, at Landscapes? Why don't we present them? This is really interesting stuff. I said, okay, let's do it. Um, and we're going to have, I'm going to have Pam Dooley from Plants Creative and Ashley from Sun Valley mm-hmm. um, on stage with me because you know, I wanted someone, two people from within the industry to sort of just comment on the findings and maybe uh, anything that comes up, say like, oh, you know, we, so for instance, we ask you what, why, what's the most effective uh, way of marketing? 
And, you know, maybe they can say, oh, you know, we've tried, you know, direct mail and it's, it's worked out great. We use these colors. So they can give some insight to that um, to go off on a tangent a little bit. Door to door was it was the bottom of, of the we gave a list and said, you know, what is most effective way for you to buy landscaping and lawn care? And we had like direct mail, social media, digital advertising and door to door still 30 percent still said door to door is effective to them, which I thought was a very high number. I didn't think anyone answered their door anymore. You hear the doorbell ring and it's turn the lights off. We don't want to be bothered. So that, that was really interesting. Um, but that, Another thing that was interesting and that was the trucks moved up the list, right? Just yes. seeing the trucks, seeing the brand, this is the importance of good branding and that's drawing in business at much higher numbers this time. Yeah. And, and, that always amazes me. Like you have, you are a, a, a moving billboard. Your trucks are a moving billboard and your people are too. They need to be dressed well in uniforms with your logo, easy to see. Um, so that did increase. And obviously number one is recommendation from friends and family. Online reviews, I'm cheating off my notes here. Uh, 51% said online reviews. And I thought that was really low because I always, whenever I buy something, I go and see what people said about it online. So um, the recommendations was high and I was a little bit surprised to see online. Uh, but when I saw the door to door, I said, man, 30% of people still want to, want to be bothered. I never buy anything in person. So, but that's the type of stuff that, that we get into with this. Um, some other stuff that we, that we covered, um, motivations on why you want to have a professional, uh, green industry provider service your lawn, um, and I, we had, and I'll give a little teaser here. Um, people, uh, the top two answers were the ability to enjoy the outside space and a sense of personal pride. Um, and those both increased from uh, last year for people who said they were extremely influential reasons by 12%. So, or not from last year, we did this last in 2016. So this was like a five-year comparison. And uh, they were 80%. 80% of people said those were the, the top two reasons why they or pick that reason why they invest in their, their lawn. So another thing that stood out was people value professional, uh, and this was more specific for lawn care um, education. They view the lawn care operator as an educator, both about the, the products that they're applying and how they're applying. Obviously that makes sense because pe you know, people have this perception of chemicals and what they do. So they obviously they're gonna wanna ask more questions. Um, so that stood out that, that you still, um, you're not just there to throw some product down and leave the person buying them wants to know what's being put down, how it's being put down, and they view you as an educator. Yeah, I also thought the design build um, numbers were encouraging too. Lots of growth, lots of people expecting to do design build projects in the next couple years. So nothing but good news in terms of the market demand. For sure. Yeah. And a lot of people, um, one of the other things that sort of caught me off guard was they lump investing in their landscaping, the same sort of pot. They, they view it equal to taking a vacation. Um, you, you always think that those wow. are sort of, you, you think those are separate, you know, I'm going to save up to, to take a vacation. I hate the term staycation, but I'll, I'll use it that they are investing, especially during 2020, they were, they were using their patios more and um, it's nice to be able to go outside and sit in on a relaxing outdoor couch and, you know, cook a pizza or, or have a grill out there. So um, it's nice that people have that sort of same feeling about a vacation as they would about their 
patio. It makes sense because you see that more than you would a vacation, but you have this sort of um, image of vacation of beaches and things like that when anyone who travels knows that that's, it's not always smooth uh, when you're going on a vacation. So invest in your patio more. That's great. Well, I mean, I hope that anyone, um, I hope a lot of our listeners will be at Landscapes in October and if they can fit it into their schedule, come to the session and learn more. It is really interesting. And, um, it, you know, some of the, just the figures that you dropped in the last few minutes here really are, are um, maybe not what you would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it's important to attend. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's <laughs> a lot of numbers. It, right? it's, a, it's a lot of numbers um, and it will have nice pretty slides up there for you to look at and Chris is going to help out and Ashley and Pam are going to give their feedback. So and we, we want it to be an open dialogue. So people coming want you to ask questions as well, like any presentation you want feedback from the audience and questions from them, because, you know, maybe we missed something. Maybe we didn't include an option or ask a question, or maybe we should be you know, uh, surveying something else. So always looking for feedback like that um, from the audience. Yeah. Everybody wants to know what's next, what the trends are. So it's so important that you know, we're putting that out there and talking about it because for us too, anything that's a trend gets huge hits, huge numbers, huge readership. Everybody wants to be in the loop on what's next. Right. It's a genuine curiosity. They, they just don't know. And, you know, that's what we're here for, NALPM on and landscape. We, we do our best to try to, to try to guess the future. So this seems like a good time for us to start wrapping up. Um, Lisa, anything else you want to ask Brian before we jump into our rose and thorn? No, no, I'm ready. I'm ready for the rose and the thorn. All right. right. So Brian, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Um, So our rose and thorn is everyone will kind of go around and share something good that's going on in their lives and maybe something that's not so good. Um, And it can be, you know, a lot for our, 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 um, our hosts that are typically on the podcast usually will share from week to week, but with our guests, we'll say, you know, whatever time frame, you know, works for you. So share something okay. that's going great and something maybe not so great or a challenge and we'll kind of go around and go from there. So cool. um, do you want to start us off, Brian? What do I, okay. And this could be a personal thing, professional, personal, professional, it could be any, anything in your life. Um, I, I will use the same answer for, for both Rose and Thorne. Can I do that? Cause we have a, a, a late pandemic puppy that we got. Um, he's about, oh, yeah nine months old he's sleeping right over there um and we had i was the lone vote not to get the puppy i was fine getting a dog i was trained and, and stuff like that and so we got a labradoodle and it's a great great dog to have his name's ace and he's fun but man it's the first few months we're like raising a raising a baby again you just forget how much you have to get up and take the dog out um of course we get the dog in a week it was the first week of February and the temperatures were in the negative wind chills. So those were some fun two and two o'clock and three o'clock and he's getting better, but he's, you still have these puppy things. He chews on stuff. Um, these dogs get sick all the time too. It's like, you forget how much they cost. So that's sort of the thorn side of it, but the kids love playing with them. You know, it's fun to get back out and walk a dog for how much fun uh, because we had, this is the first dog we've had in about five years seven years actually it's fun to get out and walk a dog get some exercise and they it's always when they greet you when you come home when he does this little butt wiggle thing and he jumps up <laughs> and his tail wiggles so I'll say that's the rose and that's the thorn I love it I nice. our 
puppy when we got him i was up at every night at 2 a.m he mm. had to be held for five minutes by mom <laughs> he would go right back you do want anyone else it's all worth it now right oh. now he's a dream how old is he he's four just over okay. four he's a he's a dream now but the first you forget yes it, i mean <laughs> it, it really was like having a newborn again it, it was amazing that the feeding and then you don't know what they can eat and then they get into something and they're throwing up. It's like, goodness, I, I, I told you this was going to be like getting a child again. Of course, everyone said in my house, Oh, we're going to help out. We're going to help out. No, no, we didn't. I was yes. the one up. Uh, I was the one up most of the nights. It's funny how that happens. Lisa, do you want to go next with your rose and thorn? Yeah. Mine's uh, the same too. The rose and the thorn are the same, and that is travel. So I got on a plane for the first time in 19 months and got to see Brian and headed out to Cleveland. And um, But the thorn is also travel. <laughs> so air travel is awful. Um, so anybody who's been flying during this time knows that it's crazy crowded. I've literally never seen more people at Dallas Airport than I saw when we traveled yesterday. So full swing summer vacations, every flight is 100% packed. Um, but uh, we made it up and back in a day, which is a miracle, lots of delays, lots of canceled flights. So anybody who's traveling these days really has to want it. Um, so happy to get out. But uh, also, it's crazy out there, people. So have a backup plan when you travel. How about you, Jen? Um, I'm actually going to do the same, do one for both too. Um, mine is a little bit related to travel, but maybe on a little more of a, a positive note. So we, we just had our site, our summer site visit for NCLC 2022. So we're going to be at, uh, NC state in Raleigh, North Carolina in March 22. We had a team of folks down there meeting. We do this every summer to kind of plan out, you know, every, every bit of the event, um, indoors and outdoors and, uh, we have a lot of our sponsors that will come. Our major sponsors will come and, and spend some time and provide their input. And, and uh, we had, in my time at NLP, our second largest group ever for that. So I think that was a good indicator that people are not only excited about the event, but just ready to go somewhere, anywhere, <laughs> for any reason. Yeah. Um, and the, and the, so the Rose was being back together again. We went to a dinner on the one night and we were in this great space that was partially open air and you know we're all sitting in there and and I was looking around the room at one point and people were just sitting there smiling they're just in conversations and even if they weren't talking they're just smiling looking around the room just so glad to be there be back together again and so my thorn is it wasn't until I was back together with everyone that I realized how much I missed them and to you know be together with some of these folks I've known for 20 plus years and um, spend some time together and pick up like, you know, you just saw each other yesterday, even though it's been in some cases like two years, um, was really is yeah, kind of thorny in a way, um, to feel that way, but, you know, just really optimistic that, um, we are going to get to that point, um, that we're able to do the things that we want to do again together. And, uh, so yeah. And just drink out, al drink alcohol outside of your house with people instead of inside alone. <laughs> there was a little bit of that happening. That's right. Um, uh, but it was so, it was awesome just mm -hmm. uh, to be together and catch up and reminisce of, you know, past events and look forward and, and to leave that meeting and say, see you in October. See you right. in October. See you mm -hmm. in October. 
um, was, was awesome. Brian, um, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. It was really great um, having you. Um, big thank you also to our listeners. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review, and we'll see you next week. Take care, everyone. Take care. Bye.